0: Hello and welcome to Helpline on Feed Play Love. This is your opportunity to ask an expert your question. My name is Yvonne Hunt. I'm the host of Feed Play Love, and this is Helpline with baby sleep expert Joe Ryan. Hello, Joe. How are you? Hello.
1: I'm very well, thank you.
0: Joe is here to answer all your questions, whether it's about a baby who won't sleep through the night or a toddler who's throwing food on the floor, maybe you're mixing Mm -hmm. together siblings, a baby and a toddler at the same time. This is your opportunity to ask Joe your question. And, um, of course, I should preempt any sort of interruptions to this particular helpline as I am in lockdown in Sydney. So I'm at home with my dog and two children, so anything could happen. It's all very exciting if <laughs> you look at it away. So let's um, start with an email we got from Roxaba. She says, I need um, help with my daughter who is four months old. She's four months and five days. Never been a good sleeper during the day since birth. For day naps, I managed to put her in her bassinet and she sleeps for 45 minutes, sometimes with the help of a dummy and sometimes without, she's mixed fed formula and express express breast milk, feeding every three and a half hours, 120 mil four times, and last feed in the evening at 7 p.m. Uh, 200 mils, sleeps anywhere between 7.30 to 8 p.m., wakes once at night to feed, and takes 150 mil, then sleeps till 6.30 a.m., some nights night wakes earlier some nights wakes earlier at 5 a.m and needs resettling she has four naps a day we try to have two long naps and two short naps problem is she just can't collect, connect sleep cycles in her long naps when she wakes after 45 minutes i give her 4 to 5 minutes to resettle she's fully awake and sings I wonder if that's the baby then <laughs> starts crying. <laughs> I then try to rock the bassinet and put the dummy in her mouth, but she just cries. So I pick her up and sleep her in my arms for another 45 minutes, hold her for 15 minutes, and once asleep, put her down in the bassinet. Before she turned four months, there were few days that she could connect her day sleep, naps and sleep for one and a half hours. But in the past week, it has been a battle. I wonder that if I don't train her to resettle, she will never learn to do this, but she just won't and can't do it. Please help. Will this get better as they get older? How do I tackle four months sleep
1: regression? Well, catnumbing is a sort of, it's a problem that actually usually kicks in a little bit earlier. The four month sleep regression usually affects their night sleep um but you know obviously their day sleep the kick on from that is that their day sleep can be affected but catnapping is a natural thing that occurs anywhere between sort of 8 to 10 weeks sometimes a little bit later but it does naturally pass the thing that i sort of say to people is it's really important as to how your baby's falling asleep Um, that will help her eventually connect those two sleep cycles. So I would really work on it. She doesn't sort of say how she is actually going off to sleep. So hopefully at some point she will be able to fall asleep in her cot rather than in your arms or on the bottle or on the breast or whatever it might be. So my recommendation would really be to work on getting her to fall asleep in her bed with as little help from you as possible. Now, that might take a bit of time, and obviously you might need to assist her to get to sleep by patting her, you know, in her bed, and that's totally fine. But um, that will ultimately help her. Be able to connect her cycles together as she gets through this catnapping developmental phase, which does naturally pass between sort of five to six months. So it does go on a little bit. Um, but in the meantime, really work on resettling her in her cot if you can. If she wakes up and she's happy and she's singing and she's, you know, chatting, and I would just leave her. Um, and let her kind of try to work that out for herself and wait till she starts to get whingy because that is an indication that she's getting tired again and she's, she's kind of ready to maybe try to get back to sleep and then go in, roll her on her side if you can and pat her on her bottom until she goes back to sleep. If you have to pick her up and give her a little rock, that's fine, but then try to put her back down and try to do it in the cot. Ultimately, if you can't do that, then putting her back to sleep in your arms is okay, but then put her down for that second sleep cycle. But really work on the first going off to sleep. That really helps them connect their sleep cycles when they're ready to do that.
0: Our next question comes from Ashley from our Helpline group on Facebook. That's another way you can ask your questions. And I should mention, of course, that if you're watching us live, you can pop your questions below in the comments. Or if you're listening to the podcast, you can email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Ashley says, hi there. Thanks for the help last time when my three-month-old was only sleeping an hour at a time. At around four months, she's sleeping through to four until 2 to 4 a.m., it was amazing, but for the last two weeks, after getting over a couple of viruses, she's now only going four hours between feeds at night. She's almost five months now. She wakes up around seven a.m., has one and a half to one hours three quarters uh, of a week awake time before each nap. She does one long and one hour, 15 minutes naps, and then the others are 35 minutes. She self-settles each time, and I can't get her to resettle in the bassinet anymore, but can get her back to sleep in my arms if I think she needs more sleep. She has a 15 to 20 minute nap at 6 p.m. and then a long feed and a sleep at 8 p.m., any tips for getting back a longer stretch of sleep at night? The last few days I've tried to stretch feeding her during the day, usually two and a half to three hours, out to three to four hours. But I feel this has just meant that she wants longer feeds
1: at night. Um, yes, I think that that's true. I wouldn't stretch her out too much more in the day. I think three and a half is totally fine. Um I think, again, um, you know, catnapping, like I say, is one of these things that does happen. Really work on getting her to fall asleep in the cot, exactly like I spoke about with the previous um, question. Uh, Work on that. It sounds like things are going pretty well. Um, Sometimes they do have a little regression where they need an extra feed at night, and that's totally okay. You know, as long as she's got four hours between the feeds, um, that's not terrible you know um so four hours at least between feeds at night but during the day three to four hours you know is is um enough to stretch the feeding out um you can uh you know and just make sure that she's getting those big full feeds in the day so that she's not snacking because often if they start sort of cat napping a little bit getting a bit more distracted when they're feeding, they will start to snack, which will mean that often they'll wake a little bit more at night to catch up, you know, to, with the, to sort of um, to get their quota of milk. So make sure those feeds in the day are really big, full feed, that you're feeding her when she's nice and hungry, that you're not just feeding her when she's awake, you know, um, that you wait till she's nice and hungry so that she has that big, full feed, Um And then hopefully it should pass. And, and, you know, then I would think you might need to do some resettling at that first wake just to kind of get past because, you know, if she's still doing two wakes around six months, that can become a bit more habit than need. And um, the first one normally is around midnight-ish. So that's, that's a sort of habitual wake time They're coming out of a sleep cycle. It's a really wakeful part of their sleep in the night. So I would really try to resettle her at that one and then push her through to the next one. Um, yeah, so that's what I would work on. Good luck with that. Our next
0: one comes from Bridgie from our um, helpline group again. I have a nine-week-old who is still only sleeping for two and a half to three, hour, three and a half-hour stretches at night. How can I extend those? I use a mixture of settling techniques, sometimes feeding to sleep, sometimes holding and patting, and sometimes rocking. I'm trying to follow one hour awake times during the day as much as possible. His feeds at night are shortening as well, which could be affecting his sleep. He is exclusively
1: breastfed. Thanks for any advice. Okay, so nine weeks, you could probably start to stretch them out a little in the day, you know, maybe the first wake of the day, I'd keep it an hour, but maybe the other ones you could stretch out to maybe a bit longer, an hour and a half. Um, I would also really sort of try to not do feed, play, sleep, um, you know, as they get to this age, just because again, it sort of can cause some snacking and that can mean there's a bit more waking at night. So do wake, play your activity, feed when hungry, wind down, then sleep. That's kind of the preferred routine that I like particularly as they get a bit older, you know, now he's nine weeks, so he can wake up, have a time of activity on the mat or with you, wait till he's showing you he's hungry. Then he'll have a nice big full feed, okay? Make sure he's getting big full feeds in the day and that will help stretch out his sleeps in the night and and give him sort of longer periods of sleep without waking. Um, And, yeah, with the resettling at night, maybe try to resettle consistently, like use the same technique. It's probably better if you can settle him in his bed, but if you initially have to pick him up and give him a little rock and then put him down and do some more padding in the bed. So I would try to resettle in the early wakes, you know, evening wakes if you can, and then maybe sort of, you know, in your mind sort of say, okay, I'll feed him four hourly in the night now, you know, he should be able to do that. So, any wakes prior to that, try to resettle, and then you know feed if it's been four hours. Um, but yeah, work on getting pushing him out a little bit more, keeping up a bit a little bit longer in the day, big full feeds to make sure he's getting enough milk in the day, so he's not needing to wake during the night for it. And good luck.
0: Excellent. Uh, the next question comes from Alana from the Helpl- Helpline group. She says, "Hi." I hope you can help me with an issue I'm having with my thirty month old son, two and a half years. He's recently discovered he can climb out of his cots and it's making sleep time very difficult. I've taken the side off and I'm in the process of sourcing a new bed, but how do I get him to stay sleep in the new cot in the cot new bed? For the past year, he's been a very solid sleeper, usually ninety minute day nap and sleeps from eight pm till six thirty a.m. through the night and self-settles. And now he just keeps getting up and wandering about. If I shut his door, he opens it and comes out. And if I barricade it, he becomes hysterical. I would too. Mm. (laughs) He has become very clingy and will fall asleep if I'm in his room. Used to be holding his hand, but he now seems okay if he can see me sitting in an armchair about two metres from him. But if he stirs through the night, it's back to hysterical crying looking for me. I'm reluctant to have him in my bed as it will create a habit, but that does calm him to sleep. Any thoughts on how to handle this and also get him used to staying in his big bed when it arrives? Thanks.
1: Uh, Look, it's a pretty common problem. Two and a half is a a good age, you know, normally to move into a big bed as well, and he's showing you that he doesn't want to be in his cot anymore by climbing out. Um, So it's not too early. But, yeah, look, it is definitely a problem that they sort of start, they realise they can actually get out and then they come to find you. So I think you just have to have some consistent um, sort of routines and rituals around bedtime. Sitting with him for a bit is fine if that helps calm him because you don't want a hysterical toddler, you know, because that's just not going to work and they just want to go to sleep and, you know, it creates a whole lot of stress and anxiety for everyone around bedtime. Um, it also can mean that, yes, he might wake a little bit in the night because he's a little bit sort of fractious when he goes off to sleep. Um, so staying with him or you sort of setting the rules around bedtime, you know, so this is what we do. I'll sit here for five minutes, but then I'm going to pop out and do this. But I'm going to come back and check on you so you can do a bit of that. And then you can sit in the chair or stand at the door for a couple of minutes, and then you can say, "I'm just going to pop out and you know go to the loo or whatever, and I'll be back and check on you." You need to stay in bed. If he gets out, you just calmly walk him back. You stay there for another minute, and you say, "Now I'm going to go to the loo, but I will come back." You need to stay in bed, okay? And you just keep repeating the same thing. Remember, when you're talking to a toddler, it's really important to remain calm. I know it's hard. Remain calm um talk to them like you would um I remember someone giving me some advice my ages ago saying you know when you're talking to a toddler it's really good to kind of think about that you're talking to your sort of like your subordinates at work so you can sort of like <laughs> you're just very calm and you give very clear direction and you know it's not very emotional and then so you like you know you really need to stay into bed it's bedtime and you just keep repeating and I know it's, the first night might be a bit tricky and they might Push, but that's what toddlers are designed to do. Push out, push boundaries, test you. They're asserting their independence. He's finding he can come out and find you. Why would he stay in bed? You know, hopefully when the new bed arrives, it'll be all exciting and, you know, he might want to stay in bed. You could create a bit of, you know, a fuss about the bed arriving. And often when they're a bit older like he is, um, you know, they're really ready and and it's, and it's a bit of a kind of... Um, a big thing so you know he might stay but I would start with the setting up that bedtime ritual now so that you know you keep doing that when the bed arrives he knows that this is what's expected of him keep repeating the same thing and he'll get it he'll get it
0: the next question comes from Gemma on Facebook she says hi my nearly six-month-old is waking up like like clockwork at 5 a.m babbling they usually Mm. go back to sleep are not cold. Is this just a developmental stage?
1: Yeah, it can be, absolutely. Some um, Usually between about five and six months, they do have a period where they can start to wake really early. Um, but as long as you don't have to do anything, um, then I just leave it and hopefully it will pass. You know, a lot of it, it's between five and six. Sometimes it can even be tw- between four and five, you know, um I think it's just little brain development stuff going on Um, six months prior to six months, quite a lot of developmental stuff happening. So, um, yeah, just just leave them to it. And hopefully that will pass soon. Yeah. Kira is
0: asking about her 11 week old son. She says he cries as soon as we lay him down in his bassinet. It doesn't matter if he's calm and awake, drifting off or completely asleep. He will wake and cry. I try to settle him with Joe's baby bliss sleep techniques, but he hates being turned on his side. He can be calm and happy, but as soon as we lay him down, he starts crying. So I turn him on his side to pat him, but the crying escalates to the point I have to pick him up and calm him. I've now started patting the side of his bum while he's still on his back as he calms much quicker, not being turned on his side, but it takes over half an hour of patting for him to drift off. Then he'll wake after 10 to 30 minutes, and we're back to padding as he wakes screaming. He just won't drift off into a deep sleep unless we hold him to sleep. Overnight, he sleeps seven to nine hours straight, but we hold him to sleep. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, that's good. (laughs) But we hold him to sleep after a feed, and he gets into a deep sleep, which is the only time we can put him in his bassinet without him waking. My question is, what do I do to get him down to sleep without crying and how come he won't sleep for longer than short stints when in the bassinet during the day?
1: I don't know. Maybe he doesn't like it. Like, um, you know, maybe it's just not working for him. I mean, it might be worth, I mean, he's still only quite little. Um, Have you tried raising, you know, you could raise the head slightly to see whether that makes any difference. You know, some babies just don't like lying on their back because they have a bit of regurgitation and particularly after, a, you know, a feed, it can, it can irritate the back of the throat. It's not reflux as such, it's more sort of regurgitation. Um, so you could put something, just not much, like just a small sort of book under the, you know, legs of the bassinet so that it's slightly elevated, so that his head is slightly above his tummy Sometimes that can help. Um, I think if he hates lying on his side, then totally that's fine. Um, pat him on his back if that's working. But yeah, um, it's not great if it's taking a really long time. Um, just make sure he's not too overtired when he's going down. At his age, nine weeks, um, I'd probably cap it at an hour and a half for his awake time. And And if it's going to take a while to get him to sleep, then maybe just put him down that little bit earlier so that he's not getting himself into that overtired state before he's going to sleep, which kind of prolongs the whole thing anyway. Um, Make sure he's had a big burp after you fed him. Keep him upright for like, you know, five or 10 minutes after the feed, if you think that might help. Um, There's a whole lot of things you can try. But some babies just do better in the cot, you know, rather than the bassinet. So it might, you know, if you've got a cot, you could try sleeping in there just for the day sleeps first to see if that makes any difference. Um, it's just a matter of trial and error. You know, I mean, some babies are always a bit trickier when they go to, to go off to sleep. They just don't like it, you know, and they just don't like being away from you. Yeah. I should say, Joe, he's 11 weeks, not nine. Does that make a difference? Because he's um, Yes, definitely. Sorry. So 11 weeks, yes, he should definitely be staying up a bit longer in the day. So he might not be quite ready to go to bed if he's only been kept up for an hour. I would start to stretch him out to an hour and a half and see, you know, if that helps. So he's a bit more tired and it doesn't take so long to pat him off to sleep. It might not take so long if he's a bit more tired. Um Yeah, so try a few of those things and um, hopefully that will improve. We have
0: a question from Amelia, which is going to uh, reach into your extensive experience with lockdowns, Joe. Joe is <laughs> oh, okay. a Melbourneite who's currently not living in Melbourne, but as we all know, mm. Melbourne has had more lockdowns than anyone else. Amelia says, since about a week after lockdown began for us here in Sydney, my four-year-old, she's four years and two months, has been having nightmares every few nights. Could this be anxiety about COVID? She doesn't seem to be able to tell us what she's dreaming about. She just wakes up crying in the night and we either hear her crying in her bed or she comes in and wakes us up, wakes us in our bed in tears, saying she's had a bad dream. I sometimes take her back to bed after she's calmed down, but have also let her sleep the rest of the night with me a few times. These nightmares have come up so suddenly, I can't help wondering if she's feeling stress about the changes to our routines in lockdown. She's missing her preschool terribly and really doesn't understand why we can't go visit her cousins and gran each week like we used to. Is there anything I can do to ease her mind or calm
1: these nightmares down?
0: I recommend oh, it around Sydney personally, but
1: Yeah, I think it's probably really um, not, not an uncommon thing happening right now with young children and children generally. I think um, it's very hard to explain to a young child too what's actually going on, and there's so much um, talk. Everyone talks about COVID and particularly there in lockdown, you know, that's, and the change in routine. I mean, any change in routine really affects children and they often don't know what's going on and they can't express that, but it it comes out or it shows itself in these disturbances to sleep, you know, and nightmares, you know, young children around that age, their imagination is very vivid too. So, you know, um, I would just before bed, you know, see if she wants to talk about anything or, you know, any time during the day, you know, ask her if she wants to sit down and maybe make sure that you have some nice rituals or, you know, that the day is kind of a bit routine-y as much as you can in lockdown, you know, so that there's some familiarity every day that she does something and maybe I don't know whether she can have a Zoom with her friends from school or, you know, her grandparents or her, you know, cousins or whoever it might be so that um, she can feel some sort of connection with those people that perhaps she's missing right now. But it's just really important to talk about it and allow her to talk. If she, it's hard because often they don't know what's going on so they can't express themselves. But, you know, allow a little bit of time maybe before bed or, you know, whatever, where she can lie and you can talk about the day, how everything went and what's going on and what you're going to do tomorrow and, you know, just so that there's some sort of sense of this is okay, everything's normal. Make sure that she's reading, you know, if you're reading books to her that they're kind of nothing's too scary or there's no nothing like, yeah, too dark or even things like dinosaurs or, you know, you know can kind of set their imaginations off a bit mm. um make sure she's not watching too much sort of you know telly that might just be stirring things up a bit you know um particularly towards the end of the day i mean i think it's a normal thing and i think you know we're all we all experiencing anxiety in lockdown it's horrible and um So just talking about it and allowing her to talk. There's also those amazing um, great sort of guided meditations for kids that you guys have on kindling um, that can can be a nice way to calm their minds maybe before bed and sort of get them thinking about something else um, Mm -hmm. to go off to sleep in sort of a nice, nice, calm way. Mm -hmm. Um, And hopefully it will pass, you know. But I, 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 I wouldn't be worried. I think it's a normal thing. But allow her space to talk about whatever she might be feeling. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, Amelia, those um, meditations are called Bedtime Explorers. We'll put links in below these uh, this live video. But I'll also put links in the podcast. So the podcast will be out on Wednesday if you're watching this now. And I, I really love those meditations because mm. um, I think they're beautifully done. But I also... I've also found like I can't go to sleep without a meditation now. I'm not listening to bedtime explorers as good as they are, but I listen to my own and it just helps me stop all my brain racing. So I just, if we have to do it as parents, I'm sure it would help children as well. So Yeah, Um, we've got a question from Nina. She says, I'm hoping you can help with my three year olds separation anxiety when I drop her off at daycare. She goes two or three times a week when I have to work, usually from 8.45 a.m. till 3.45 p.m. Every single day is a huge battle to leave her there. She cries and clings to me. I can hear her out in the parking lot. It's so distressing for both her and me. And I leave every day in tears as well her carers are lovely and they do everything they can to reassure and calm her but she refuses refuses to be touched while ever I'm still there her carers assure me that she calms down after about 10 minutes and that she has a fun-filled day each time but my daughter still bursts into tears and runs to me in the afternoons as well which makes me feel like she's been missing me terribly all day I'm desperate for some help to get her feeling more comfortable and drop up drop off times. Any advice?
1: Well, that's really hard. I mean, um, it's really distressing for everyone when children, um, you know, are so upset when you drop them off. Some children are just more like that. They're more inclined to be like that. And the kind of... The, uh, the bursting into tears when they see you is that sense of relief, I think, at the end of the day that, you know, sometimes kids are very good at keeping it together, you know, but there is that, you know, how much longer do I have to do this for kind of thing? I mean, if you feel that the centre where she's at is great and, you know, everyone's lovely and and there's no problem there, then it's probably just her. So the way of dealing with that normally is just to have really strong ritual around dropping her off, you know, so that you know there's that you do it exactly the same way every day so she understands what's coming, you know. So which I'm sure you probably do, but the hanging around is not great, I don't think. I think get in and out really quickly. Um you know, you say the same thing, I will be back, you know, I will see you at 3.45, I love you, have a beautiful day, you know, everything will be okay and then leave, you know, really quickly uh, because it does just prolong the anxiety for everybody Um, and hopefully she will at some point calm down and not be so distressed but there are some children who just do not, you know, like to, to be separated from you, you know, yeah. and they and do I've get got, used to things.
0: Yeah, and I've got to say that it is some it, there are some things in parenting that um, really make it a lot like you just do one, one thing, you tweak one thing and it's all of a sudden it is so much easier. And I had I definitely mm. found that not lingering, getting in and out mm. quickly, that it was unbelievable how quickly it changed and how, how much easier it was for her my daughter in particular, for me to go. So it's um, yeah. it's interesting because something can be so distressing and hard to deal with and you just make one little tweak, like leaving quickly, yeah. and it can change yeah. everything.
1: And I think it goes against you, you, you know, every cell in your body because you're so desperate to kind of, you know, help her and calm her and soothe her, but it actually doesn't help. It, you know, it prolongs the whole thing for everybody. So, yeah, get in and out really quickly. Yeah. you know keep it short and, and Siobhan you yeah, obviously so what you just would drop off and leave straight away
0: yes as quickly as like I mean um I sometimes at preschool I would I'd stay and, and play for a little bit but when I said goodbye that was it it wasn't a, yeah. a long goodbye <laughs> It was like a straight there. They had a, They used to have a window at daycare where they could sit and wave goodbye. Um, but, yeah, look, I really feel for people because it's very distressing mm. when you leave them and, they, and you're upset and they're upset. But, um, mm. yeah, they, they do get over it, and especially if you don't make it long, it's easier.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: I was thinking finally that was the same of lockdown. You just get in and out really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be left here oh, so short, short, Sharp
1: lockdowns, that's what they
0: say. <laughs> oh, dear, On that note, Joe, thank you so much for coming on today and helping. Um, if you didn't get your yeah, chance to much. ask Joe your question, she is one of our experts on the parent school at Babyology and you can book a one-on-one session with her. We'll put links in the notes of this episode and below this Facebook Live. We will be back again next week. And I hope you all have a great week. Thanks again, Joe. See you later. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.